Welcome to Meteor Roots Radio. This is Abby Martin. This is Bobby Martin. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everyone. So there's a lot going on, but we wanted to focus this entire podcast on the arrest of Julian Assange because it was just a really big moment. It's a very scary moment, and it has a lot of grave implications, and we felt like um, it was appropriate to focus an episode on what happened and what we think it means. On April 11th of this year, uh, just a few days ago, his asylum was withdrawn, and there was a lot of hints that this was coming. Seemed like it wasn't happening, and then all of a sudden, it actually was happening. He got arrested that same day once his uh, asylum was withdrawn. The police were allowed to go inside the embassy, the UK police, and pull him out of the embassy. And uh, that's on video. You can you can actually see it. And what was even more stupid, you know, typical Russiagate hysteria after effects is the media ran stories saying, why was RT the first outlet to have video of Assange getting arrested out of the embassy? It's like, well, why weren't you, CNN UK? You fucking idiots. You could have been there, too. Yeah, it's like, why were you guys <laughs> staked out front of Roger Stone's house? Yeah, exactly. Arrest? Yeah. They're and like also, mad. Yeah, abruptly, they were out there every day leading up to this. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's one thing to our uh, Russian media RT's credit. One thing that they've always been very good at um, and that I would give them praise for as just a journalistic organization, pretty much better than any other outlet on the planet of getting like really good, crazy video footage of stuff like before anyone else does. Like breaking news. Yeah, breaking. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff that... I saw the Manchester bombing break on there, the Orlando nightclub shooting. They were breaking that uh, for hours before the mainstream media did. And I thought that was very interesting. I'm just going off a total tangent at the beginning of the episode, so I should stop <laughs> myself. But Julian Assange is now in custody, UK custody, in a UK jail. We don't know yet what's going to happen with him being extradited to the US. When obviously, though, that's probably the next step. We're just, we just don't know when and exactly how that's going to happen. But as soon as this happened, there were charges unsealed in the United States Justice Department against Julian Assange, of course. So um, this obviously was part of a larger setup, and this has been coming for a long time. This is after seven years of arbitrarily being detained, unconstitutionally and illegally, according to the UN and human rights investigators. He was dragged out in a horrifying fashion. I mean, for years, Julian Assange's fate was kind of left to speculation. You know, we didn't know what a Trump presidency would mean for his freedom because of what Trump did on the campaign trail. He spoke out of both sides of his mouth. He talked about how much he loved WikiLeaks, I think, like 130 times across the campaign in different speeches. We've compiled the best of them, actually, in the intro to the Randy Credico interview. I really encourage people to check that out on the Empire Files um, it's a really excellent intro, and it really just shows how insane Trump was regarding this issue. Um, and before we get into what Trump said, back to Assange, reminding people that he is not a U.S. citizen. People have mocked him relentlessly for years and years, and they just started loathing and resenting Jul- Julian Assange for making Hillary Clinton look bad. Um, they used to praise him during the Iraq war logs, you know, years prior to that. So... They were mocking him for years for spending the time in the embassy out of fear of being extradited and charged. They said, face the charges. And a couple months ago, it came out 
through a haphazard copy and paste error in a court document confirming his worst fears, um, where the Trump Justice Department mistakenly revealed that sealed federal indictment. Was it a mistake? charges filed last summer. It was a mistake that they had revealed this indictment. It was just simply a copy and paste error from an idiot in the Trump administration, probably the same guy who's making these videos with the choppy frame rate. Um, And it said in the charges that were filed, it said, quote, no other procedure is likely to keep confidential the fact that Assange has been charged. So that's when we knew that there were charges filed. We didn't exactly know what charges they were going to be. Yeah. Now, um, the Washington Post reported at the time that the Trump Justice Department had considered several potential cases against Assange, spanning from the collateral murder video to the 2016 election, including tying him to, quote, foreign intelligence services. Another important point is that the Obama White House, as much as he cracked down on whistleblowers and charged, I don't know, I think six people with the Espionage Act and tortured Chelsea Manning for years, put her in solitary confinement (laughs) for her revelations of war crimes, they still maintained publicly that WikiLeaks was a journalistic entity. It was the Trump administration that redefined the organization as a hostile state actor and moved forward with this new speed to set an unparalleled precedent of jailing a journalist for standard journalistic work. That's aside from the rhetoric. You know, we've been saying this from the beginning. Why are so many Trump sycophants also supporting Assange and kind of have this like rose-colored glasses about the fact and the hope that Trump was somehow going to pardon him, that Trump was fighting the deep state. I mean, Trump's cabinet was crazy in their rhetoric. I mean, talk about some of this rhetoric, Robbie, and talk about Trump's rhetoric in the lead-up. Well, this is why it makes me infuriated to see anybody on the left giving accolades to people like Tucker Carlson for being right in a vacuum, I guess, like, if you take him out of context, yeah, I suppose Tucker Carlson is right for pointing out how people in the liberal media, you know, were 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 trying to say that Assange wasn't a journalist. And like how hypocritical is it that people in this, you know, East Coast, you know, liberal bubble who work on CNN and MSNBC or whatever and in the Washington Post are trying to say Assange isn't a journalist and they are. You know, when they're biased and they just hate Trump and they think Assange got, you know, Trump elected or whatever. It's like, okay, fine. Trump is the one who's arresting Assange. And Trump used to say he loved WikiLeaks, like you said, over like 130 times. So how is Tucker Carlson allowed to get away with that and not put any pressure or heat on Trump at all in that regard? Like, it's just such a phony position to take. In 2010, Trump said that, quote, the death penalty should be a response to what WikiLeaks was doing without specifying if he meant for Assange or Chelsea Manning. Um, He was asked by, I think, Brian Killamade from Fox & Friends in a little behind-the-scenes Instagram video right before they're about to go on Fox & Friends Live uh, what he he thought they should do about WikiLeaks. And he said, "Uh, like the death penalty. He's just like said it so weirdly casually. And on April 11th, 2019, just a few days ago, uh, after Assange was taken into custody... Trump says, quote, I know nothing about WikiLeaks. It's not my thing. (laughs) So the right wing is finding themselves twisting in knots and trying to rationalize what's going on here from the spectrum of starting with, let's say, on the most extreme side, the QAnon narrative, which is that this is all a setup. 
and that he's actually taking in Assange under the cloak of an arrest so that he can have like a personal face-to-face meeting with him to find out what happened with Seth Rich and the DNC servers. But what's funny is the QAnon narrative also previously said that Julian Assange had already secretly been whisked away from the embassy and he was no longer there for like the last few months. Well, no, it's funny. I mean, the administration sometimes is more clever than you would think they are because Mike Pompeo, in his description of WikiLeaks as a hostile intelligence agency or whatever, he actually read sections from an Intercept article that was bashing Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. So I thought that was very clever. Trump administration has been making some clever moves against WikiLeaks. And I almost feel like this might even be on some level um, a way for Trump to secretly please a sector of the intelligence community that wants to go after Russia and WikiLeaks while simultaneously feeding into his own ego and being like, well, Obama pardoned Chelsea Manning like, this person who my national security advisor wanted to execute and that I wanted to execute at one time. So I want to like reverse that. I mean, just even the fact that Chelsea Manning recently, she was held and detained, could be an indication that this is Trump trying to just do the opposite of everything Obama did just to serve his own ego in some weird way. Because why would he need to rope Chelsea Manning back into this? I mean, couldn't they... But I don't think that... But don't you think that this is less about Obama and just more about him being an authoritarian... Um, like fascist, where he's just wanting to actually just send a very chilling message. Trump? Like he ha- he hates Chelsea Manning because she, and he hates what Julian Assange represents. It doesn't matter if Julian Assange helped yeah. the campaign. See, I don't even, if I'm really going to honestly say, I do think that probably has more to do with, I just want to reverse another Obama policy. There's definitely people in his administration that have wanted to also aggressively change course on how they're looking at Assange and send an even greater chilling effect mm-hmm. to journalism. I just don't know yet exactly what Trump's specific role in this is. That's what's confusing me. The fact that he's trying to distance himself and say, like, WikiLeaks isn't my thing. It's not my well, thing. he said I mean, that before, too. He's already said that he before has, you're right. months ago. I yeah. mean, what is his strategy here? That's the question that I don't think we. it's clear to me. I guess I'll wait for that to play out. Well, Mike Pompeo had extremely harsh words for WikiLeaks. Um, he called, he went on some weird rant against Julian Assange. This was back in 2017, like early in 2017. He was like, Julian Assange is a narcissist, a fraud, a coward hiding behind a screen. And he's like, as someone who's from Kansas, we know things about people hiding behind screens. It's like, are you talking about the Wizard of Oz? Like, what the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you, dude? Yeah, um, oh, he was. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, So that was Mike Pompeo. And we just knew for a long time, like something is going to come to a head because of how over the top Mike Pompeo's rhetoric was. And And it really did seem like they were going above and beyond to try to appease some sector of the intelligence community with this specific issue. That's that's I think that's one instance where I actually agree with that narrative that it was like they're overcompensating. They're swinging right. really hard to be like, no, look, we are, even if it's true, you can't deny that it's true that WikiLeaks did give the Trump campaign like sort of an upper hand, regardless of how valuable you think those leaks were for the public the public interest, yeah. which I do think they were. They're swinging hard to distance themselves from that. So I think what Pompeo did, maybe even as a variation of what I was just saying, you know, going back to Trump's own quotes, like that's just Trump's version of that. Saying like, oh, that's not my thing. Right. I mean, let's 
preempt this by explaining that Chelsea Manning was sent to jail last month um, after refusing to take part in a DOJ investigation into WikiLeaks. Um, and so she refused to basically be complicit in the investigation. And so she's just been there and definitely probably thrown back in solitary confinement. She said, quote, I will not participate in a secret process that I morally object to, particularly one that has been used to entrap and persecute activists for protected political speech. So, I mean, what a badass. Seriously, she's going back to fucking prison for her more like driven by her moral compass after being freed. And, you know, it's just it's just really inspiring. It's very sad that this is happening to her again. Um, we already know that she was, you know, it, it was it was a tumultuous time for her getting out of prison. She didn't have the support probably that she needed. And so it's just really upsetting that she is back in this position um, to do the right thing, to not comply with the DOJ, to not comply with this absurd witch hunt. It's it's um, strange. I mean, it is, it just strikes me as interesting that this is how they got Julian Assange into custody in a, in, a, in terms of legally speaking, um, and it also involves Chelsea Manning. I'm just surprised that that's the angle that they're going after him with. I mean, um, but maybe it's specifically also designed to deflect any, to absolve Trump of any linkage whatsoever to this idea that, you know, because they've already gone to the mat, you know, even his own intelligence people, like Mike Pompeo says there, that it's true that Russian state actors like hack the DNC, or did like hacks, like right. they've admitted to that. But but going after Julian Assange for working with the Russian intelligence, I feel like would be like too much. It would make Trump look bad, or I, I don't know. I mean, I, that's just one thing that comes to mind for me. But well, I just don't think there's any evidence. I mean, well, it's no, like the, they can't that go too. after him because there's nothing there. Yeah. Well, you would think that if they wanted to go that angle, they could just concoct some, just like you know, the media already has or whatever, but, or, you know, who knows? It, it's important to point out also that in the year, the last year, things have been getting really tough for Julian Assange. Uh, apparently even the CIA had leaked to the New York times uh, a couple months ago that they had began formal espionage operations against WikiLeaks and Julian Assange within the embassy. There was apparently some Scotland Yard set up like across from the embassy window and some hotel that they were permanently occupying surveillance operations going, you know, from visitors potentially to food delivery servicemen to God knows what else that man was experiencing inside the embassy. But it's also important to realize what this is. Um, this has nothing to do with the quote unquote rape case. This has nothing to do with the Russian quote unquote interference in the election. This has everything to do with the Iraq war logs. Um, and that's what he is being indicted for. And, and it's a very misleading headline that got sent out with the press release that, of course, everyone just reads headlines and thinks that Julian Assange, like, hacked into something himself. But what he's getting charged for is allegedly helping Chelsea Manning to crack a password code on a DOD computer, which took place in 2010. Um, and they're claiming that was crossing the line and helping to create the password because a journalist is only supposed to receive the information, not collaborate. Yeah, and that's what this is about, dude. But I, it's about exposing war crimes. Of course, but it does seem like they're trying to spike it with something extra so that people that it'll muddy the argument more. 
That's what's of course. That's what's interesting about the indictment itself that I think needs to be examined. It's like why would they go after him from this angle? And I do think it is designed to muddy the public debate and shift things even more so that there's even less sympathy for him, maybe even among like some of the intercept people who might have had sympathy for him before. Oh, yeah. No, I already saw people being like, whatever, dude, he hacked into this DOD computer. That's a crime. That's against the law. You you posted, I saw, I think you put, retweeted that Bob Garfield from NPR thing where he says he's like, if you say Chapo was running a pharmacy, that's like saying J- Julian Assange was running a journalistic organization or something. Yeah, Bob Garfield's the same guy that interviewed me after I spoke out on RT. And the first question out of his mouth, how does it feel to work for an overt propaganda network. That was literally the first thing he said to me. And I said, I don't know, Bob, how does it feel to work for an organization that pretends like it's publicly funded, but gets injected with money from (laughs) BP? Like Exxon and shit. I mean, yeah, no, it's just everybody in the media is just, you know, handling this so poorly there with some exceptions. It's weird to see which people are actually taking the right position on this now. Um, You know, of course, the Daily Show, was running segments where Trevor Noah was mocking Julian Assange, saying that they were taking him out of the embassy like he was an old couch. Yeah, somebody else was actually arrested uh, from WikiLeaks around the same time, and this kind of got buried um, in the news cycle. I don't know if you... Did you hear about this? That a Swedish software developer um, on yeah, April 11th... That. who And it says, this is an AP headline, who is allegedly close to WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is arrested at Quito Airport... Ecuadorian officials say. Um, so someone else was also arrested. So that's that should be looked into more. Was he in the indictment, the same indictment? Kevin Gastola actually did a good Twitter thread on that that people should check out. Um, and I think maybe even yeah, posting Kev- a shadow proof. Yeah, Kevin Gastola has been, I mean, he's like the premier journalist covering Chelsea Manning from the beginning. He's been relentless. Um, yeah. So I would definitely recommend his work. Along with Alexa O'Brien. Through along with Alexa O'Brien, to sort through their work, because it's a lot of tedious kind of unraveling of all of this, and the mainstream media is just having a, a goddamn field day trying to inject this entire story with disinformation. Um, and before we get into, like, how insane the media has been covering this, while Julian was being arrested, he decided to hold a copy of Gore Vidal's History of the National Security State book. That book was a message to us. It was a message saying this is being done by the national security state. The national security state is extraordinarily dangerous. And this is what happens if you do what I did. Um, In that book, it's a collection of interviews, apparently, that Gore Vidal did with Paul Jay at the Real News Network. Um, Paul Jay is one of the best commentators today on this issue, as well as a plethora of others. So please check it out. He's done great commentary on this. But I thought that was an interesting message that he wanted to send to the world because he knew that this arrest was coming you know it was like any day now and so that was a methodical thing um i another point is just it it is extremely unprecedented to storm into an embassy and arrest an asylum seeker or like an asylum person you know person that had asylum and of course you mentioned that moreno had removed the asylum but how in d- disgusting of a gross violation of international law and a complete disregard of human rights was that just in general the uk police were allowed to go in there and grab them so all it took was that authorization i guess like um so i mean was i mean technically it's not a violation of international law at that point right it just shows you how how uh, much Lennon Moreno disrespected the law. 
Of course. And this, mind you, February 20th, we all need to remember what President Lennon Moreno just did. There's been cahoots with the U.S. government since he got in. How can they deal with the situation? They were trying to use the Catalonia thing. They tried to take away his Twitter. And then it, we just knew that it was impending, right? And then Lennon Moreno just signed a $4.2 billion deal with the IMF last month. Oh, okay. Great. So that's what it Convenient. cost, Robbie. Now we know what the price tag was for Assange's head. And the World Bank is responsible for doling out these internet, international monetary fund loans. So, I mean, and that's also interesting because Trump just changed the World Bank head. He just appointed someone new to it who's associated with the Bush administration. So, Probably some quid pro quo shit. Correa was 100% behind Assange. He, he was on Assange's show on RT saying how important WikiLeaks no was. Shit. And he, okay. left, he left office actually entrusting Lennon Moreno to take over and Lennon Moreno, he calls, is the biggest traitor in the history of Ecuador. He, he came out with very strong words against Lennon Moreno. He completely um, is pro-Assange, 100%. And Lennon Moreno yes. has been a traitorous piece of shit since the second he's gotten in. He's just unraveled all of the social gains. I mean, he's completely upended Correa's legacy, his incredible legacy in Ecuador. It's very, very sad because Correa could have continued to win elections, but he just wanted to step back because he had already been president for so long. Um, so it's really unfortunate. And now, that, now they're actually trying to send out Interpol to arrest Correa for like corruption crimes or something. Weird. Where, yeah. does he, where is he right now? Is he still I in don't Ecuador? know where he is. That's a really good question. I don't know. Creepy. I know that he's like, yeah, it's really, really creepy. Well, it definitely seems like this Troika of tyranny thing that John Bolton announced is integral in all of this. And what I mean by that is that they're trying to break up these alliances that formed against sort of the imperialist United States, you know, system in South America. And they're succeeding on some level by like sort of probably stoking or encouraging, like you said, if the International Mon Monetary Fund is helping um, this new uh, Ecuadorian leader now who's revoking his Assange's asylum, it really does sort of play into all that, I think. So we're, see we're sort of seeing the uh, ripple effects of what that actually is and what that's going to mean for the future of Latin America and America's way of dealing with it. I mean, if it continues on yeah. this trajectory, at least. Yeah, and Glenn Greenwald brought up the point that what will prevent other countries from revoking asylum of like U.S. citizens. I mean, the precedent that this sets to then if let's say he's extradited to the U.S. and charged with the Espionage Act or some crazy thing like that, which actually is not too crazy at all. And actually is a very, very logical possibility. But what precedent does that set? That means that, you know, let's just say all of these quote unquote authoritarian regimes that we love to foment um, all of this propaganda against Russia could do that. You know, China like, it's just like, where does this stop? I mean, these things have effects and consequences. I don't know what precedent it, that holds in terms of, like, extraditing a non-U.S. citizen. You know what I mean? Like, someone mm -hmm. who is not from the U.S. here to essentially just hold them and pin them to a stake um, and persecute them. And both parties really want it. They are lined up in uniform fashion and their hatred and vitriol for Julian Assange. So personally, um, it was tragic. It was sad and it was horrifying to see this man be dragged out of the embassy like that from, from police. 
Um, I cried. I cried when I saw it. I felt like it was a very, very dark day. I felt ashamed for everyone who celebrated the fact that he was holed up in the embassy. If you really go down to it, and this is completely aside from whatever you thought personally about Julian Assange, the crime that he is being charged with is doing journalism, is exposing the U.S. empire. And the arrest and the pending extradition marks an extremely dark precedent that affects all of us. You know, Assange and I had many political disagreements openly. That being said, I'm able to separate all of those things with the understanding that his journalism, his actions, WikiLeaks as a journalistic entity and just as an entity, as a whistleblowing organization, has been profoundly impactful, incredibly important, um, world-changing, and... Aside from that, what a dangerous precedent, again, it sets for a publisher to be criminalized for exposing war crimes. Like, this goes beyond, this is like literally a message from the most powerful entities that control this entire system. And they are sending a very clear message to all of us that if you expose our crimes, this is what we will do to you. This is what we will do to you. And... To penalize someone for like publishing leaked documents. That is like what journalism was founded for in the first place. That is what the First Amendment is supposed to protect. Um, and Absolutely. charging him would have a completely devastating impact on press freedom, one that is without equal in modern history. Because the so called crimes he would be punished for are no different than what any media outlet does publishing leaked, hacked, and classified materials in the public interest. Yeah. And if these charges are carried out, it will have an extraordinary chilling effect on journalists everywhere and put them and their sources in the type of danger you would only expect to see in a fascist dictatorship. And to wrap it up, the question that all of us should have after this horrifying event, do we have a right? Do we have a responsibility to expose war crimes? Do we have a responsibility to expose our own government? when it is committing the most crimes and atrocities in the world. Is that our right? Is that our responsibility? I largely agree with your take on him that his character flaws should be separated from the actions of WikiLeaks as an organization and the public good that they provided. I have had criticisms of him for a long time um, for many different things that he's done even before the 2016 election. I mean, just as a general rule, I would have liked to see him step down as the figurehead from the organization once those rape accusations came out, um, just because it would have been better for the organization, in my opinion. But apparently there was sort of a shift where he wanted to make the organization more, where he was sort of completely in control of it, where it was his vision. A hundred percent. I don't really know. I don't really understand how the structure of WikiLeaks shifted, but it does appear that it shifted more from that to more being revolving around Assange. And I feel like that might have actually hurt the organization in the long term, because now that he's arrested, which is a terrible day for journalism everywhere, is actually going to make make the organization apparently collapse. I don't quite understand if it's even able to continue uh, without him now because of how much it's been wrapped up in his own personality. But yeah, it's a very sad day. The right wing seems to think that there's still a chance for a pardon somewhere for Julian Assange. Um, I think that's extremely unlikely. 
uh, especially under this current presidency. But, you know, maybe we should talk a little bit about why there's so many people who are just so determined still to absolve Trump of any responsibility for this, because, you know, there's a lot of crossover still, as you were saying, between Trump's own base and these WikiLeaks and Julian Assange supporters. What's going on? I mean, how are they able to absolve Trump of this? Because he's just saying, it's not my thing? Well, yeah, tell us how, because it is a sad turn of events that Assange became sympathetic to the alt-right. But that was a fact, that he was sympathetic to the alt-right and that he was promoting them a lot. Um, And that's why it's just kind of a sad development that, you know, Trump happens to be the one to take him down. So now you tell us what has the Trump base and also Trump media grifters been saying about this turn of events, Robbie? Well, so a few of them, their most honest take that they'll go. So like I've seen people like Jack Posobiec, Paul Joseph Watson, Michael Malice, some of these other more not extreme right wing figures, but just right wing people saying that that Assange should be pardoned, but they're not going after Trump for Trump's DOJ for arresting him. They're not going after like the charges themselves. They're just like trying to advocate for a pardon. That's the best they're getting. So that's like best case scenario, right wing spin on this still omitting the fact that Trump is responsible for this because obviously they would have gone after Obama, you know, for doing whatever um, involving someone they arrested that they believe shouldn't be arrested. Right. So right. that's that's already them them spinning it by omitting that. But what's mostly happening is there's this weird narrative floating around the right wing sphere. Oh, and one more thing. I should also mention Sean Hannity, someone who went to uh, the Ecuadorian embassy and interviewed Assange and who became like an advocate for him in the last couple of years, deleted every single tweet mentioning Assange or WikiLeaks after his arrest. Why? Insane. Why would Why? he do that? Why? Um, Why? I mean, I, I don't know. Tr- why did Trump say he knows nothing about WikiLeaks? I mean, that's the play I'm not. That's the play I'm not exactly seeing here. Is there some coordination? To me, it speaks to coordination between Trump's own plans for whatever is going to happen with Julian Assange and H- the Hannity show, which is kind of weird. If there's some truth to the idea that Trump has purposely stoked on the QAnon shit because he knows that it benefits him, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's what's interesting because there is sort of a undercurrent of a belief here. And, you know, people like, and I'm going to the next tier of right-wing garbage media, Scott Adams and Mike Cernovich uh, are not QAnoners. They're not even really conspiracy people anymore. I mean, they, they've, re- I mean, at least Mike Cernovich has rebranded himself as like a more of a serious type of guy now. He doesn't do talk about Pizzagate and stuff anymore. Scott Adams, though, tried to act like he's a pretty level-headed guy, you know, this whole time or whatever. But I, maybe I don't follow him enough. Maybe he got into Pizzagate too. Who knows? He's the creator of Dilbert, by the way. But these other like sort of right-wing grifters are putting out a diet QAnon narrative about Assange right now claiming that the arrest was purposely based on light charges, they say, by design, in order for Trump to have a secret meeting with Assange to prove the Russian hack theory wrong and to sort of like dig into what happened to Seth Rich. Oh, it's dude. And at the end of all this, Assange was actually treated as a heroic figure by the Trump admin, sort of in secret, and that the arrest was just for show. That, and so this is actually Scott Adams said in his little Periscope video that maybe Trump is laundering Assange with these light charges to just get him in custody 
in secret to have a face-to-face meeting with him. And basically, the full-fledged QAnon narrative is almost the same as that, that Trump had already secretly whisked away Assange, and he was actually, Trump and Assange were about to blow open the Mueller case. Um, So this slightly less intense narrative is basically the same. It's funny that they act like QAnon is insane now. Posobiec, Mike Cernovich, Scott Adams think QAnon is insane, and they'll tell their followers that. But then this is basically the same narrative. Well, and it's also amazing how many QAnon people comprise of Trump's base. This, a couple of journalists um, are covering QAnon pretty regularly now, and they'll go to Trump's like big crowds, you know, and, and these rallies that he's doing every day still, just preparing for 2020. Um, but the lines, the queues of these rallies are enormous. And I would say at least 50% of the people in these lines and crowds are QAnon people. They're shouting Q, they're holding Q signs, they're wearing Q garb and paraphernalia. Describe the video, describe the whole context of what, of what the video was. I mean, do you, did you watch the vi- you, whole video? I mean, I just watched them panning the crowd. Well, it, was, it wasn't them, it wasn't like the media panning the crowd, it was a QAnon fan himself filming a video of him walking down the whole line to see who, what other QAnon fans were there. And he was uh-huh. wearing a QAnon like sign or shirt. And so it was like completely like, um, you know, like they, they, there was like past the smell test, the meat, they might not have responded to the media filming, trying to film them. So that's why they were all responding. And you could tell wow. exactly what percentage of the people in this line were QAnon supporters. Cause they were going like Q, like, as the guy walked down yeah, the whole line. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I would say it was maybe more around like 30%, but that's still a fucking high, high right. number. I mean, that's that's really intense. That That's still going. I mean, I actually, I've pretty much stopped paying attention to it, but it's worth also mentioning that Sean Hannity was a sort of a stealth proponent of it. He was sort of retweeting wow. QAnon accounts and, what? yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, even the fact that 30%, Think about when you first brought up QAnon. I mean, we were seeing the rallies. We know how Pizzagate kind of evolved and adopted the QAnon stuff, but it was never that prevalent. No, no. I mean, but there were a few rallies that were, it did, did seem like they just let in a shitload of people who brought in those Q signs. That was, Those were strange rallies. So who knows what level it's actually at? I, I mean, I don't even think we've really done a, like there's even been really proper polling on it, but I think someone should do it because yeah, it right. does seem to be going stronger than ever. Wow. So t- let's talk more about um, the media's coverage of this because um, the corporate media was terrible, of course, right? They came out and just pretended like this had everything to do with Russia. It was, it's just so surreal how disingenuous these people are. It's like, do they know that they are literally lying through their teeth? Like, did they not read the indictment? Did they not read the press release? Why are they doing this? Um, so, of course, demonizing WikiLeaks as a Russian intelligence arm, right, that only helped Trump. Used to be an impartial journalistic entity, right, when they were exposing war crimes. Of yeah. course, they don't want to discuss that part because, of course, that plays into why he's being charged today. So it's just, oh, he's an arm of Russian intelligence, WikiLeaks is a fake organization, um, and helped, like, completely helped the Russian election interference effort. Yeah. And they've always thought Assange was a Russian Russian asset because I think he had the show on RT back 
in the really good oh, days yeah. of RT, like back during the very beginning. So they were always like, I think hated him for that. That he Absolutely. like legitimized RT at the, at the get-go. But like this whole narrative, like, oh, he's, he's only helped Trump. He's never exposed authoritarian governments. Really? Really? Because he actually has exposed almost like a million documents on Russia alone, like on the Kremlin. There's also plenty of, uh, you know, there's a lot of people actually who are even more paranoid than, than I am out there who think that, that WikiLeaks is responsible for kickstarting the Arab Spring and that they helped out the CIA for like toppling like Egypt and Tunisia and all this shit. So they've definitely helped take down authoritarian governments. That's oh my God. And also it's like, it's like, I'm sorry, but you have to call the U S government what it is. It's the biggest criminal institution in the world. It caught, it kills the most people on a daily basis. It's causing the most pollution, 900 military bases around the world, special ops in 70 plus 70% plus of the world's countries. So yeah, you know, it, it makes sense to actually disproportionately focus on the crimes and misdeeds of the U S empire, right? Well, yeah, but like that's course. what people are pointing to being like, oh, he's so biased. Well, yeah, I mean, of course they're going to. I mean, the answer to why the mainstream media is trying to make it seem like this arrest is associated with his whatever involvement, you know, they're trying to spin about his with Russia is because, you know, they need to tie this to the larger sort of, you know, Russia gate narrative, Russia interfered in our election narrative. But I think also on some level that could be why the Trump administration you know, didn't charge him with anything having to do with Russia, but charge him for something else because on some level, to them, it also has to do with that. They need like a sacrificial lamb maybe or something. Right, 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 to appease this wing. Yeah, maybe, maybe there is some, yeah, there's a wing, a hungry wing still that needs something. Like even though the Mueller investigation is over technically, there's still some hungry wing out there that wants wants someone to be thrown to the slaughter to go down for this or something. I don't, it's, it's so weird. I mean, cause there are obviously different layers to this, but yeah, I do. Th- I mean, no, obviously I he's right, being punished. Dude. I think he's being punished for whatever he did in the election. Right. No, that's exactly what it, this, that's what this is. That's about, what I mean. Dude. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. This is a punishment, even releasing the Iraq war logs. Like to them, that wasn't even as bad as like fucking around with the election. Right. They fucking are mad as fuck. Fuck that he fucking fuck with the election. That I really think that's what it is. Like I guess the in a roundabout way, that's the point I was trying to make. No, you're totally right. They need a, a sheep for the slaughter to blame for the election. Russia's not enough. The collusion went nowhere. This is their lamb. Yeah. This is what they they can drink from the blood goblet together from Julian Assange once they drain him dry. This is what it's about. Here's the worst part that could come out of this. And I feel like Trump is crazy enough to try this play. If I'm right in any way that this is about his ego and it's about reversing Obama policy, like bringing Chelsea Manning back into this at all, then wouldn't it be crazy if he like threw Assange and Manning back in like and put Manning back into jail and then was just like Obama was weak on these like people who are working with like foreign intelligence agencies Right. Like he's hella weak and I'm, I'm strong. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like he could, he could try something like crazy and people would be like, but you loved WikiLeaks. And he'd be like, I, I don't, WikiLeaks isn't my thing. <laughs> like, I don't he know. Just, what he would just be like, that. I never said that. Yeah. I never said that. What is golden shower? It's just like, you. it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter, Robbie. <laughs> Holy shit. And let's really quickly talk about what re- WikiLeaks has revealed. I mean, God, where do we start? I mean, unconventional warfare, the f- how these colonial powers uh, destroy and destabilize nations, demonstrating the very nature of U.S. warfare. Evidence trails of a paper trail showing how the U.S. was meddling in different countries. So we know that the civil wars happening there weren't just regular civil wars. Like for, in right. Syria, for example, we have a document from, I think, 2008 and even 2012 talking about CIA funding different groups there. Armed groups. This is real shit that really helps inform what's happening in the world. Yeah, and the DNC and Podesta leaks alone revealed gross, gross negligence, just extraordinary things that were going on within the DNC. I mean, straight up rigging and plotting to take down Bernie. Feeding questions in advance to Hillary Clinton, you know, even trying to run anti-Semitic smear attacks to inflate anti-Semitic smear attacks against Bernie Sanders. The Pied Piper strategy to promote Trump because she thought he would be the easiest one to beat. This all ties back to, yeah, again, we must emphasize, this all seems to emanate from the debacle that was the 2016 election, the horrifying upset defeat of Hillary Clinton. Uh, This is punishment for that. There's people still need to go down. I don't know how much the Democratic Party themselves or like the Democratic faction or these ex-intelligence agents, John Brennan, are, are, are involved in trying to push this still. We, as far as we know, this is all driven by the Trump administration's people right now. So it's, it's very interesting. I would like to see what their comment is on his arrest now. Like, I wonder if John Brennan and those same people are speaking up about what Sanders arrest means for them. Yeah, I mean, it seems like everyone who has weighed in as a member of the political establishment and not not sex state and intelligence community has fully supported it. Um, I haven't seen anyone differing from that yet. Yeah. And this is like totally Democrats as well, like 100%. Who said that he's our property? Um, that was a senator, I think, who said that, uh, a Republican That's a senator, real maybe. big... S- that's a real big uh, revealing statement there. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he's, I mean, we already know he's going to be extradited here. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he has any ability to talk to the press while he's in jail. Because as we often see, these, there's just like gag. We don't hear anything from these people anymore after they're arrested. So hopefully that's not the case. And what about this kill switch thing? Was that just right. if he was killed or dead? Or because he's now arrested, do we get access to that, what is it, like a 80 gigabyte encrypted file that's apparently has some really good juicy leaks in it? I mean, I don't know, though. I mean, it's hard to, you know, it's like, why would they be withholding those leaks if they're that juicy in the first place? Uh, who knows? One cool thing I remember that WikiLeaks did, and this is very often, would they would do really daring things that were pretty ballsy, but... It was that big showdown where, like, within 24 hours, they're like, if, if Glenn Greenwald and Snowden don't release the names of the s- yes. countries that are having full audio surveillance, we'll, we will release them. And they did. Yep. They did release them. And it was really crazy. I think it was like an extension of the Five Eyes, um, the partnership between New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and the U.S. and Britain. But it was pretty fucking badass. 
And I was just like, this is what we need, dude. We need like, we need this kind of pressure. That And I always wondered about that incident. If like, if people from the intercept sort of wanted to be, wanted that to come out, you know, or so I, I don't know that, that, I mean, that was an interesting sort of standoff. I remember that very well when that happened. That was sort of like a crucial moment where it was like, oh, okay, so the Intercept and Greenwald are not always on the same page with WikiLeaks. And then I remember at that time also wondering why, you know, there, there's there, and there was one thing that still gets in my craw a little bit is that the Garani massacre video never came out that WikiLeaks <laughs> promised to release. So maybe that will, maybe, I mean, maybe we'll find out a little bit more about what actually happened with that uh, through some of the legal proceedings. Obviously, someone who's constantly weighing in on politics on Twitter in kind of this trolly way is not off limits to be disagreed with or criticized. And that's what he was doing. I mean, he he is not an untouchable god. And he and WikiLeaks as an organization legitimized some really terrible people and publications. And that was a big problem, and it still is a big problem. I mean, I don't think that that's something that should be untouchable. I think that that was completely fair to criticize him, to challenge him. Yeah, I mean, I've had a serious problem with the persona and the management of the public WikiLeaks persona in the last few years. I mean, not just in the figures they've chosen to promote who are dealing with WikiLeaks-related reporting, like the Gateway Pundit and other people, um, and put like Jack Posobiec, but also just the ideas that they've promoted and, and sort of latched onto, like saying that James Danmore has offered a job at WikiLeaks because he protested, he resisted at Google. Wait, excuse me? Yeah, uh, to like commute those weird leaked WikiLeaks messages that made it seem like they weren't just trying to socially engineer uh, and manipulate Donald Trump Jr., but they were actually trying to um, work with him in some weird way, like in a friendly way. It, it, those kind of things really do bother me. And not just that, I mean, WikiLeaks also would like retweet. This is not just Julian Assange. I feel like WikiLeaks actually official um, retweeted that Paul Joseph Watson thing about conservatism being the new counterculture. Yes. Those kind of things, I mean, just to me seem like, why would you tank your brand? Why would you do this? To me, it's just as dumb as Alex Jones latching himself onto Trump for this long attaching yourself to a sinking ship like why would you associate yourself with a movement that was just like a bunch of grifters weird bandwagon jumper people like jumping in the scene like this it didn't make any sense to me it still doesn't maybe it was a symptom of a larger problem is that julian assange just became more increasingly just controlling of the organization and didn't seem to care about the consequences of associating himself with certain bad right-wing griftery figures. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And when I, when I had that discussion publicly with Assange's mother and it was just a mess, I mean, and with the unity for J people. And I was just saying, you know, this is, it's not a good idea to hinge the solidarity actions and movement on a coalition and on some sort of forged alliance with the left and the right. When we disagree fundamentally on press freedom in general, like, and, authoritarianism and the very values that like Julian Assange is being persecuted for. He really did seem to eventually make it all about him. I mean, in the Bay area, for example, there's a lot of these like sex positive communities. And if you are accused of like sexual assault or rape in one of these communities, 
it's like sort of like automatic that the person who's accused will sort of step down from their position until like a mediation process or until things are sort of figured out. Like you usually don't stay in your position. So that just to me was just a bad sign. Even if I don't, and I'm not even commenting on the actual case. I think it probably was a setup of some kind, but still it just seemed like he should have stepped down from the organization at that point, at least as the public face the right thing for me to do would be for me to step down during this time. Like, I believe I'm totally innocent, but I don't want to tarnish the reputation of the organization itself. That, to me, would have been a self-sacrifice. And I'm surprised that that's not more of an angle that people see this from. Because it's either like, oh, it was a setup, or you think he's a rapist. And to me, there's a sort of, there's there's more a lot more nuance to discuss about what he decided to do after that. I, I have a lot of criticism, but again, the guy did some really important shit for a long time. I mean, almost 10 years, you know, putting out important leaks um, and collateral murder, you know, was a hugely important uh, milestone event in leaking. I mean, it was a really big deal. And that's kind of when they came after him. You know, this is when that those rape accusations can't happen, basically, right? When he was on a press tour for collateral murder. So once again, it's like, if you're out there as a public face for WikiLeaks and you know about honey traps, maybe don't bring anybody back to your hotel room when you're on tour with a, a, such an important crazy leak that's threatening the U.S. government. And it's also important to note that this had nothing to do with bail infringement. Assange and his lawyers several times said that they would conduct all the interviews um, in the actual embassy itself, and there's no reason that they couldn't have done that. You know, there's no reason that the investigators for the, for the Sweden case, and, and also that case was dropped like a year ago or something. So people were mocking him again, saying, okay, walk out of the embassy, you're a free man. No, idiots. Like, do you realize what this is? Do you realize what this is about? This is about collateral murder. The graphic mass murder that was displayed on camera that goes on on a daily basis the footage of how the U.S. engages in warfare. That was, that was what it really is about. Killing Reuters journalists. Yeah, killing Reuters journalists and, and shooting rounds at um, a van full of kids. Yeah. And I just wanted to go off on one quick thing about that, the collateral murder thing, from Mike's perspective as someone who was an occupying soldier in Iraq. He scoured through all of these Iraq war testimonies from Winter Soldier. Of course, Mike's is the most famous that came out of that, but there are dozens of very unknown, very um, shocking testimonies from these people who came back. And they said collateral murder was going on every day. Um, we, you really need to listen to the Iraq War episode of Eyes Left, Mike's podcast, particularly if you were born after 1990 or if you just weren't paying attention to the Iraq War, or even if you were paying attention to the Iraq War. If all you remember is kind of collateral murder or the Nassau Square massacre, the extent of the daily horror and atrocities is unimaginable. It is unimaginable. These war crimes were institutionalized from the top down and being mandated and ordered on a daily basis from generals to these soldiers. I mean, some of this testimony, I'll just say really briefly, some of it was just shooting anyone that moved, shooting anyone that walked towards you, shooting women holding fruit, um, beheading insurgents, bringing their heads home to base as trophies and laughing and taking photos with their holdout bodies. 
I mean, this is the shit that was going on on a daily basis there. Collateral murder was just a small glimpse of the daily atrocities that were happening. And it wasn't just the Apache helicopter pilot who just decided to be a sadistic piece of shit. That's what he was being ordered to do. That's what all these people were being ordered to do. Yeah. I mean, this is the, the war itself was a crime against humanity. What WikiLeaks did and the, the crux of all of this, and this is why the Beltway publications and these um, establishment journalists loathe and detest Julian Assange so much. No, it's not because he's sympathetic to the alt-right. No, it's not because of um, the election even. It's because they do not hold power to account. They do not perform the basic job of what journalism is supposed to be. Holding your government to account, holding power to account, questioning power, questioning power, embarrassing power. It's a threat to question. Yeah, they're that they're nationalists at heart, really. They're they believe that that's what patriotism means is to be nationalistic and loyal to the country in which you come from and not question it too much. We got to talk about Russia more, Abby. Putin, right. we what talk about, about Russian evil imperialism? Yeah. So that's what it's all about. I have nothing else to say. I'm just devastated. And um, I just encourage everyone to be proactive, uh, join solidarity actions, um, and just be on top of this and try to, you know, correct the record. I hate to use that Israeli Hasbro term, but honestly, correct the record about what this is. This has nothing to do with Russia. It has nothing to do with the election. It's all about uh, sending a very bone-chilling message to not just journalists, but every American citizen. Um, and pretty much everyone in the world, because you don't have to be an American citizen. You could just be anyone. And you will be dragged out from your home, kicking and screaming, and persecuted in the U.S. for embarrassing the criminals. Yeah. Never forgive, never forget. Just like Julian Assange said. That's what they. That's how the U.S. government feels. So, never gonna forgive that shit. Kidding. Never forgive. Never forget. Free Assange. Free Julian Assange. Free Chelsea Manning. It's unbelievable that here we are and we are saying the same mantra that we did ten years ago. You know, I mean, it just. I don't know where it's gonna go, but um, I think this really marks a, a dark path. And it really the marks end of a an dark era. path. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely it the end of an era. I mean. The whole mm -hmm. leaking thing. I mean, we're going to still see a lot of leaks, but uh, I don't know about leaks like quite like this. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Thank you so much for listening. Please let us know what you think, of course, on the SoundCloud timeline. Please rate us on iTunes, um, subscribe, and please become a patron for as little as $1 a month. Check out our um, Patreon patreon.com backslash media roots radio and please uh, show us some love and support we really love hearing from you thanks so much for listening and again um free assange thanks so much everybody peace